0: The
1: bench. Previously uncover Up, The Pill Plot, we thought there were going to be 300 people at the door. We didn't know what was coming at us, but whatever was coming, we were ready.
2: Boy, yeah, you don't understand how deep our bench is.
1: There had been people accosted. The extremists were threatening employees at roussel Uclaf in Paris in the parking lot.
3: Today, I am acting to separate our national health and medical policy from the divisive conflict over abortion. Hey, hey! Ho, ho! The abortion pill has got to go! It's a June
0: afternoon in 1993. The sun is blazing in Washington, D.C. It's hot. But the 50 or so Operation Rescue protesters aren't letting a little heat slow them down. They're headed to the French embassy, with signs in their hands and their chants at the ready, to protest the French makers of RU486, Roussel Euclef. In a few days, the company will hold a big shareholder meeting in Paris. Operation Rescue wants to send a message. Don't even think about bringing the abortion pill here. But when the protesters reach the embassy, they're met with something unexpected. We got there first. We had defeated Operation Rescue. Abortion rights protesters are already there, right in front of the embassy, with signs of their own chanting, No more delays. Ellie Smeal and the feminist majority have called in the cavalry. When I keep hearing that women, young women don't care, they're indifferent, forget that.
4: They were the bulk of our volunteers. And, and they were up and they were
0: staged and they knew exactly where they were going. Typically, Operation Rescue goes right up to their target. But Ellie and her crew have claimed the prime real estate. Operation Rescue protesters are relegated to the cheap seats. They're outnumbered and outvoiced. We had tremendous public support. Public support is overwhelmingly on our side. Operation Rescue is loud, for sure, but they're the loud minority. Polls show that most Americans support abortion rights. So the protests at the embassy peters out in a very non-Operation Rescue fashion. There are no arrests. There's very little press.
2: We were on the defensive in a big way.
0: Everyone has that one year where things don't line up and everything just kind of stinks. For Randall Terry, that year might be 1993.
2: I was confident that not only would the Bush administration keep the drug out, I was confident that Bush would win re-election.
0: Randall's blindsided by Bill Clinton's recent ascension to the presidency. The Democrats now control the House, Senate, the White House, and the FDA. Randall fears what might happen.
2: They were going to bring it in. We knew what Clinton was. We knew what he stood for.
0: When Bill Clinton says that he's going to look into the federal ban on RU-486 the first week on the job, Randall is shaken.
2: And I have to admit that they were far-seeing. They saw where this was going to
0: end up. Operation Rescue blocks clinics. That's what they do. That's what they've done for years. And the clinic is Randall's stage. It's where he refines his techniques, gets his message out, and recruits. RU486 would upend all of that. Operation Rescue can't blockade every house in America to check if someone's using an abortion pill. They'll have no way to tell which doctor's offices are prescribing it. Randall knows what the pill could mean for people like Lindsey Comey and other clinic workers and patients.
2: That they did not have to deal with the likes of me and Operation Rescue.
0: Randall Terry, he's starting to sweat. And Larry knows it.
2: The right-wing opposition is frantically afraid of this drug because it gives women privacy. I think they will do everything possible to stop it.
0: The tides are turning. And for the people fighting to bring the abortion pill into the U.S., it's the highest watermark yet. But anti-abortion forces themselves getting swept out with the tide they're losing their grip on the moment and for some that just means they're going to fight harder
2: so the more that they tried to crush the movement the more they were ensuring that violence was going to happen
0: from Sony music entertainment this is cover up the pill plot I'm your host TJ Raphael on today's show chapter 5 blood in the streets. As the pill plotters begin to gain ground, anti-abortion forces rain down terror across America. They're teaching people how to
5: make bombs and terrorize people.
1: I got a call on the phone saying turn on the TV and watch the clinic burn down.
5: She was arrested nearly 50 times
1: and then she
0: fled. That's next. Stay with us.
3: Springtime is all about fresh air, fresh starts, and freshly clean homes, and it's the perfect time to give a fresh look at Simply Safe home security, the home security system many of the most anxious people I know recommend. Here's why people love it: Trusted by experts, Simply Safe was named best home security system for 2024 by U.S. News and World Report, and Newsweek awarded it best customer service in home security the system blankets your whole home and protection it has sensors to detect break-ins fires floods and more plus a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch over your property day and night it's backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day so you get fast emergency response and dispatch when you need it most simply safe has given many of our listeners real peace of mind i want you to have it too Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/coverup. That's simplysafe.com/coverup. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
0: In early 1993, then Congressman Chuck Schumer holds a hearing focused on the rising violence facing abortion clinics.
2: And I want to thank each of you for being here this morning. Um, Your prepared statements will be read into the record.
0: Randall Terry is called to testify in front of the House Judiciary Committee.
2: And is it your intent at all to intimidate doctors? Our intent, and I make this clearly and plainly and proudly on the record, our intent is, number one, to stop child killing. Number two, in the interim... Now, if, if intimidating in the interim, doctors helps ex- you achieve that goal, would you support it? No, do but I, it? Expose, I would expose them in the community. I hope that they would be disgraced. I would hope that they would be humiliated.
0: Chuck Schumer is questioning Randall because he has become a key player in the so-called rescue movement. He paints a picture of a movement that's growing out of control.
2: In the last few years, there are 28 bombings, 61 arsons, 266 bomb threats, 57 acid attacks in 1992 alone, 395 incidents of vandalism, 68 assaults, and hundreds of death threats by phone and by mail.
0: Acid attacks, bombings, assaults. As more and more clinics come under siege, Schumer is looking for accountability, and he's looking for it from Randall. But here's the thing. Rarely do we see the Randall Terrys
5: of the world at the scene where a bomb detonates. But if you trace it, if you look at the materials that almost all of these bombers and murderers have read, and they're using that as a blueprint,
0: Carissa Helgelberg is an associate professor at Tulane University. She's a historian of women and medicine, so as part of her work, she has studied the anti-abortion movement. I wanted to talk to her about these two specific years in the abortion wars, 1993 and 1994. They are among the most violent periods on record for abortion access. And it was studying this violence that eventually led her to one of Operation Rescue's most radical members.
5: So when I was in graduate school, one of my advisors helped persuade a lot of abortion providers who were retiring to donate their papers and their records. And in their papers, they kept evidence of, like, all these death threats and that sort of thing in case they needed to get an injunction. And so it was, like, through studying some of these abortion providers' papers that Shelley Shannon's name kept appearing.
0: The crimes that Shelley Shannon committed are a map. Each stop shows how the anti-abortion movement that she was part of arrives at this violent period and reveals where things are heading next. You just see this
5: gradual ramping up of activity on her part. And you see her getting more and more connected to people on the radical fringes of the movement. When Shelly was a young girl, she kind of
0: bounced around a lot. Shelly's family moved all over. She attends 13 different schools by the time she's 12. And most of what we know about her early life comes from a biography put out by an anti-abortion group that the Department of Homeland Security calls out by name for carrying out terrorist attacks. And for most of her
5: young childhood, she was. She was considered to be pretty outgoing and pretty good at making friends as she bopped
0: around. Shelley seeks out connection, and in her junior year of high school, she gets involved with an older married man and becomes pregnant. It's 1973, the year of the Roe v. Wade decision. Her
5: friends described it as if a flip had been switched. And this formerly outgoing young woman became a shell of herself,
0: that she became much more withdrawn. According to that same biography, the man allegedly wants her to have an abortion, but Shelley insists on keeping the baby, and she gives birth to a daughter, Angela. That next year, she meets and marries a military guy named David Shannon. They have a son together and settle in Grants Pass, Oregon. And that's where Shelley and Operation Rescue collide. Shelly's just settling into Grants Pass. And with two young kids, it's easy to feel isolated in a new town. So she tries to connect with her new neighbors, socialize outside the house a little.
5: And one of the places that she finds community are in non-denominational evangelical churches. So it was there that she finally began to make friends and a social circle. And it's there that she ends up becoming exposed to a more organized anti-abortion movement.
0: Then, Shelley receives a newsletter about this film, The Silent Scream. The movie purports to show an abortion in progress. It's graphic. It's widely disseminated and widely discredited as false.
2: Now we can discern the chilling, silent scream on the face of this child who is now facing imminent extinction.
0: The newsletter inspires her to attend a meeting held by a local anti-abortion group. And there... She watches an Operation Rescue recruiting
5: video. And this was a real flashpoint for her in which she goes from being a casual opponent to abortion to being willing to take on ever more aggressive strategies for ending abortion.
0: Meetings and prayer groups aren't going to cut it. Not after what she's just seen. Shelley needs to do something about this, and she wants to be with people who are doing something.
2: 130 members of Operation Rescue sit down in front of an Atlanta abortion clinic, disrupting its business during the Democratic
3: National Convention. In
0: 1988, Shelley Shannon travels across the country to join Operation Rescue in the siege of Atlanta. It's one of its first major demonstrations and where Shelley's story kicks off what happened in Atlanta in 1988 is really critical
5: to understanding the explosion of violence in the 1990s.
0: While in Atlanta, she pickets outside clinics, builds relationships with other anti-abortion protesters, and she breaks the law. She's arrested multiple times for trespassing onto clinic grounds. And she spends two weeks in a local jail with other anti-abortion protesters. Atlanta's Key Road detention facility decides to house these anti-abortion protesters together, away from the general population. And that gives them privacy to talk and to strategize. It was in these prison cells that these activists
5: from throughout the nation were able to exchange information and then come up with a game plan
0: for their next steps. Randall Terry remembers that specifically as a great opportunity to organize.
2: So we had over 100 people sitting in jail, brainstorming, praying, planning together.
0: And this is where many people believe the Army of God manual originated. While the manual is unsigned, it's widely believed that Shelley Shannon was a contributor. These activists wrote
5: a manual called the Army of God Manual. And it was a nod to one of the earliest violent attempts in the the anti-abortion movement. In
0: 1982, a group of men in Illinois kidnapped an obstetrician, Dr. Hector Zavalos, and his wife, Rosalie Jean, and held them for eight days. The kidnappers called themselves the Army of God. The Army of God Manual is instructive and extreme. The purpose is to stop abortion, however they had to do it. But while this Army of God starts out as a loose band of extremists with no official leader, there's a strong bond between them. They share anti-abortion literature, instructions on how to attack clinics, and motivation. The letters that these anti-abortion
5: extremists shared with one another, it was really clear that they had an intimacy, a real friendship,
0: almost like a family of their own. After Atlanta, Shelley keeps up with both Operation Rescue and the even more radical Army of God. And she keeps traveling around the country blockading clinics. In 1991, she's part of the Summer of Mercy with Randall Terry and Operation Rescue in Wichita.
2: Wichita was in the heartland, and it had the infamous abortionist, George Tiller.
0: Dr. George Tiller was one of the few physicians in the country who performed abortions later in pregnancy, that is, at the 21st week and after. This kind of procedure is exceedingly rare. In all, they count for about 1% of abortions in the United States. Typically, Abortions after 21 weeks occur because a fetus has severe and lethal abnormalities. Maybe it didn't develop with a skull or lungs. Often, these were babies who were very much wanted and very much mourned. Other times, a later abortion is performed because the person carrying the child could die if the pregnancy goes to term. Sometimes, the person is still a child themselves. Still, later pregnancy terminations are controversial, and that's in large part because there's a lot of misinformation around it. Randall Terry and others aligned with him completely omit or misconstrue the medical reasons for it. They repeat the false message that doctors like George Tiller are needlessly aborting fully developed fetuses. And while Shelley Shannon is protesting with Operation Rescue in Wichita, she hears those messages.
2: If you believe abortion is murder, act like it's murder. And the logical response to murder is you physically intervene on behalf of the victim.
0: For Shelley Shannon, that message is literal, and time is of the essence. By the summer of 1992, as Larry and Leona are returning from Europe, it looks like Bill Clinton's election is on the horizon. That could change everything. Shelley Shannon realizes there is no time to waste. She was quietly
5: plotting. She wanted to be the next martyr for the anti-abortion
0: movement. That's next. Stay with us. It's April 1992, and Shelly Shannon is about to make a big move.
5: In 1992, she set fire to a clinic in Ashland, Oregon.
0: We know this because she wrote about it in her diary. The fire causes $379,000 in damages. In the Army of God biography of Shelly, they quote her diary. One evening, as I was walking across the kitchen floor, I felt strongly impressed that it's time. I went out that night and totally destroyed the Ashland Mill. For those not in on anti-abortion rhetoric, mill is the term they use for a clinic that provides abortions, among other things. The attack in Ashland is Shelley's first arson, but not her last. She set fire
5: to a clinic in Portland, Oregon. So later that year, she detonates a firebomb that includes napalm at a clinic in Sacramento. She moved on to
0: acid attacks on clinics. For these attacks, Shelly needs to get inside the clinic. And she gains access by pretending to be a patient. Once she's inside an office, she releases vials of butyric acid something the Army of God manual refers to as, quote, liquid rescue. It's a putrid chemical that smells like a mix of rancid milk and vomit. When it's detonated, the noxious fumes linger. The chemicals can irritate the eyes, cause respiratory problems, and are extremely expensive to remove.
5: So it would paralyze clinics for days or sometimes weeks. And these clinics would often have to pay out of pocket to replace their HVAC units.
1: Lindsay knows all about this. We've had, you know, women come in for a pregnancy test and they put butyric acid in your walls that you then spend a zillion dollars trying to get rid of this chemical stink bomb.
0: Shelley travels all over the West targeting clinics with acid and arson and she's messaging with her fellow anti-abortion extremists along the way. Using the pen name Shaggy West AOG, she writes about the attacks in pamphlets for the Army of God. She provides details and tips. In one document, she leaves a specific instruction. Quote, Please retype or photocopy this and burn the copy you were given with the fingerprints thereof. Thanks. Shelley isn't a lone wolf, and she isn't the first to do these kinds of things. Between 1985 and 1991, 60 clinics across America are hit with arson and bombing, including one in Lindsey Comey's clinic network.
1: I got a call on the phone saying turn on the TV and watch the clinic burn down. To clinic workers like Lindsey, the pattern of
0: violence was clear and coordinated. And she wondered why it wasn't on the FBI's radar. The FBI director was asked, why don't you
5: investigate these as a form of domestic terrorism? Clinic directors wrote him letters saying, we can give you the list of people who we know are doing this work. And he absolutely refused. He said, you know, this is not the activity of a discernible, organized group.
0: So two things are happening. On the one hand, the extremists haven't won the war yet, Clinic-based abortions continue, and meanwhile, there is this new frontier on the horizon for home-based abortions, which could make it even harder to protest. And on the other hand, people like Shelly Shannon see that there are really no consequences for even these pretty serious crimes. She was arrested
5: nearly 50 times, but she rarely faced any consequences for this spree. Usually she just had a nominal fine and maybe had to serve some community
0: service. What's to stop Shannon from going further? Shelley has the perfect disguise in herself. She's a plain white woman with mousy brown hair in her mid-30s. That alone makes her all but invisible to law enforcement as a suspect. Wherever she goes and whatever she does, no one seems to see her as much of a threat, but they should.
5: She begins pen pal relationships with convicted fire bombers, both men and women, um, who encourage her to keep
0: going. One of Shelley's pen pals is a murderer.
3: An abortion protest turned deadly today when a doctor was killed outside of his Florida clinic.
0: An abortion opponent was arrested and charged with murder The first such killing at a U.S. clinic. In March of 1993, Dr. David Gunn pulls up to his office at Pensacola Women's Medical Services. He shot three times in the back, walking into work. He's the first abortion provider in American history to be murdered because of his work. The year before, Operation Rescue held a rally 150 miles away from his office, across the border from Pensacola in Montgomery, Alabama. At that event, Rescuers distributed an old-fashioned style Wanted poster with Dr. Gunn's face and address on it. This is something they do with a lot of doctors. 30 years later, Randall Terry doesn't see a connection.
2: And the Wanted posters were, you know, a parody. They were not saying that they wanted them to be killed. They would say stuff like wanted for crimes against humanity and calling on them to
0: repent. Americans aren't interested in parsing the joke. They are shocked. Dr. Gunn's assassination is front page news across the U.S. And Dr. Gunn's killer shows Shannon just how far she could go. He's definitely an inspiration to her. And so she starts writing to Dr. Gunn's murderer.
5: And it was through this correspondence with him that she came to this revelation. And she wrote that not only was Michael Griffin not a killer, his act was one of saving people from murder.
0: Shelley Shannon writes to Dr. Gunn's killer 25 times. In one of her letters, she writes, quote, I believe in you and what you did and really want to help if possible. At some point between March and August of 1993, Shelly buys a semi-automatic pistol and learns how to shoot in her backyard. And that summer, Shelly Shannon decides it's time to use her weapon. I mean, she had no qualms about what she had done. That's next. Stay with us. You can unlock all episodes of Cover Up ad-free right now by subscribing to the Binge Podcast channel. Not only will you immediately unlock all episodes of this show, but you'll get binge access to an entire network of other great true crime and investigative podcasts, all ad-free. Plus, on the first of every month, Subscribers get a binge drop of a brand new series. That's all episodes, all at once. Unlock your listening now by clicking subscribe at the top of the cover-up show page on Apple Podcasts, or visit getthebinge.com to get access wherever you get your podcasts. It's June 18, 1993. President Bill Clinton calls a press conference in the White House Rose Garden he has a major announcement to make.
3: I am proud to nominate this pathbreaking attorney, advocate, and judge to be the 107th justice to the United States Supreme Court.
0: A small woman with big, round glasses stands next to him, beaming with happiness.
3: In the months and years ahead, the country will have the opportunity to get to know much more about Ruth Ginsburg's achievements, decency, humanity, and fairness.
0: It's official. Ruth Bader Ginsburg will be nominated to the Supreme Court, a move that could shift the balance of power after more than a decade of Republican nominees. Ginsburg's a lifelong advocate for reproductive rights, and she's replacing Justice Byron White, one of two dissenters in the Roe v. Wade case. And then, less than a week after Ginsburg is sworn in...
5: Shelly Shannon boarded a Greyhound bus and took a two-day ride to Oklahoma City.
0: Her daughter, Angela, drops her off at a bus station in Oregon. Shelly arrives in Oklahoma City at 6.30 p.m. on August 18th. She heads to Will Rogers Airport, rents a car, and drives through the night to Wichita, Kansas.
4: I mean, you, see, you just generally don't travel 1,300 miles across the country, um, loaded with various weapons, ammunition, you know, anti-abortion, um, paraphernalia. She had disguise, I think she had a wig with her. She rolls into Wichita ready for something. Well, my name is Ann Swigel. And I suppose, uh, as far as a title, um, former uh, deputy district attorney for uh, Sedgwick County.
0: Wichita is the county seat for Sedgwick County. And Ann Swiegel has spent a lot of time in its courtrooms. I got
4: my uh, job straight out of law school with the DA's office, and I stayed there for 40 years. Ann is careful with her
0: words. Judicious. You know, I prefer just really to stick to the facts of the case She's prosecuted some tough cases in her career.
4: Armed robberies, sex offenses, homicides.
0: Including one pertaining to
4: Shelly Shannon. She she didn't have any remorse, and that came out clearly
0: through the cross-examination. On the morning of August 19th, Shelley Shannon is in Wichita, and she knows exactly where she's going.
4: And then parked a short distance away, kind of across a creek, from Tiller's medical clinic, and then she came over on foot towards the clinic entrance.
0: It's Dr. George Tiller's clinic. She'd been there before, two years earlier with Operation Rescue during the Summer of Mercy. Carissa, the history professor, says when Shelley approaches Tiller's clinic, she follows her playbook. She makes sure to blend in. She
5: had made an appointment pretending to be somebody who might want an abortion. And it was her hope that she would walk into the clinic and immediately see Dr. Tiller and shoot him. But she got in, and that did not happen.
0: Tiller's clinic has tight security and strict rules about who can be accepted as a patient. You can't just walk in off the street. People need to be screened to prove there's a necessary medical reason for the later-term abortion. But she's come here with a purpose, to murder a doctor who one patient had called, quote, so kind and so sorry that we were there. She's set on killing the man Randall Terry has called a mass murderer. Enemy number one, a man whose face is on one of those wanted posters. If Shannon succeeds, she'll be a hero for her cause. So
5: she walked outside and hung out with a bunch of anti-abortion protesters, and she identified herself as being Anne from Sacramento. She clutched a white purse very close to her.
0: Shelley stands outside the clinic all day. She waits. And finally, at seven o'clock that evening, she sees a 1989 Chevy Suburban. Dr. Tiller is in the driver's seat.
4: And as he was driving out of the parking lot, she approached uh, Dr. Tiller and his automobile at at fairly close range.
5: And he flips the bird with both hands because he thinks that like she's trying to give him more anti-abortion material, a
0: pamphlet. As Shelley gets close to the car, Tiller extends both of his arms out with his middle fingers flying. And it's at that exact moment that Shelly Shannon reaches into her white purse and removes her gun. Shot through the the windows and um, hit him. She fires five rounds, aiming for Tiller's heart. But instead, because he had his arms
5: raised and he was flipping the bird, uh, the bullets instead went into his arms and hands.
4: The way that he positioned his arm saved his life. I think that's true because she was
0: aiming for center mass
4: and then she fled.
0: Still armed, Shelly makes a beeline for her car and then hits the road to Oklahoma City. But a
5: nurse was able to capture her license plate information. So she was arrested
0: that evening when she tried to turn in her rental car. When Shelley Shannon is apprehended, she tells the police, quote, if there ever was a justifiable homicide. That would have been it.
4: Well, I think the the community was traumatized by it. And so to have somebody who's well-known in the community, uh, such as Dr. Tiller, um, shot, I mean, I think a lot of people were absolutely horrified no matter how they felt, uh, what side of the abortion issue they were on.
0: Dr. Tiller suffers nerve damage in his hands and arms. But he still returns to work the next day full of bullet holes. He makes clear he won't be run out of town. Shelly Shannon's trial for the attempted assassination is quick. She told the police, she told journalists, she told prosecutors, she told anyone that she could that she had shot Dr. Tiller, and she is proud of it. In a letter to her daughter, she writes, quote, I'm not denying that I shot Tiller, but I deny that it was wrong. It was the most holy, most righteous thing I've ever done. You know, she admitted that she shot Dr. Tiller. I mean, this wasn't
4: a it. The question was, did she intend to kill him or just disable him?
0: Anne is a prosecutor on the case. There's a mountain of evidence against Shelley, but not just Shelley. All that writing she did, it reveals a lot. We learned that she
4: um, had affiliations with a lot of other anti-abortion activists. She had correspondence and manuscripts and materials from uh, radical organizations such as the Army of God. She corresponded with, you know, a number of other anti-abortion activists throughout the nation.
0: Even though her writing showed that she was in touch with extremists across the country, No one else has ever been charged in this case. In 1994, Shelley Shannon is sentenced to 10 years in prison for the attempted murder of Dr. George Tiller. It's the maximum sentence. She later gets an additional 20 years for firebomb attacks on clinics in three states. Shelley Shannon failed when she tried to kill the most high-profile abortion provider in America, but now she's the one inspiring others. People start writing to her in prison. By the next year, anti-abortion terrorists kill four people in attacks at clinics. Eleven facilities are burnt to the ground,
1: and nearly two dozen people working in abortion care report being stalked. My community got me that bulletproof vest because they really felt like I was such a target. My name was in the press, so I took more heat. It didn't change the fact of spray painting, harassment, bomb threats, hate mail. It didn't change the fight that you had with your family because they were afraid for you.
0: For years, Randall Terry has been calling abortion providers killers and murderers that need to be stopped. He's called their work Crimes Against Humanity. He's compared doctors to Nazis and said that Roe v. Wade has led to a Holocaust. He says he wants to remain nonviolent, but he really hedges when he tries to denounce this violence.
2: When some of the abortionists started getting assassinated, I condemned it But I also understood why it was happening. These men were mass murderers. And, sadly, they reaped what they sowed.
0: For Randall, the murder of doctors was a PR problem.
2: The optics of violence, to me, were going to be a setback.
0: And they are a setback for Operation Rescue. But the violence means so much more. People's lives ruined. Families grieving. And soon, Congress would take action.
2: But, Mr. Speaker, it is not just protesters who have constitutional rights. If a woman in this country chooses to have an abortion, she also has rights, and those rights include the right to have an abortion without harassment, without violence, and without having to fight her way into a health clinic. And today, that's what we're saying to the women of America: they have rights too. And I thank the gentleman uh, very reclaiming much. Reclaiming my time.
0: In March of 1994, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, or the FACE Act for short, passes both houses of Congress. It makes it a federal crime to physically block clinics. And the penalty for violating this law is steep. A first offense can carry a year-long prison sentence,
2: So now we were not looking at a weekend in jail. We were looking at months or years in jail. And it was just too much.
0: Sure, protesters can still stand on sidewalks and use megaphones to shout at people entering clinics. They can still hold up huge signs with gruesome pictures. But they can't physically barricade entrances anymore.
2: The FACE Act effectively broke the back of the rescue movement. It finished us. Because a simple act of civil disobedience in front of an abortion clinic that would result in a small charge suddenly went to being a federal charge.
0: With the FACE Act, Operation Rescue will be severely restricted. Its passage shows that the U.S. government seems to be getting serious about protecting access to abortion. After 13 years of Republicans in power, the shift is palpable. But... Is a shift enough? The FDA has been reviewing the abortion pill ban for more than a year, since Clinton issued an executive order just a week into his presidency. And that's where things still stand.
1: Remember, the FDA, like the bureaucracy of the federal government in general, is, you don't turn it on a dime. It's like a, like a great ocean liner.
0: And the more that time passes without FDA approval, the prospects for getting the pill into the hands of Americans feels more and more tenuous. But that's why Patricia and Ellie don't want to rely on Larry and his daring stunts alone. Yes, he smuggled the drug in, and he built a lab, and he got publicity a Kardashian would admire. But it hasn't been enough to close the deal. Their best chance to get this plan over the line is still in Europe. And Patricia and Ellie are still the ones tending to those relationships. And they get a bit of help from Wolfgang Hilgar, the head of Hooks. He retires in April 1994, and their biggest roadblock to the patent seems to disappear overnight. Between that and the FACE Act, they're hoping that their patient lobbying will pay off. But Larry? Well, patience isn't his forte. I was worried,
4: because Larry, you never know, he could give you surprises. I
2: just cannot guess what the FDA will decide, Yes. we hope to get quick approval.
1: What they wanted was exactly the opposite of Larry later.
2: Did you have more control over your abortion,
3: she used the word control.
4: I don't think it was considered Controversial. It was controversial. We weren't really allowed to tell anybody where we were going.
0: That's next time on Cover Up The Pill Plot. Cover Up The Pill Plot is produced by Sony Music Entertainment. The show is hosted by me, TJ Raphael. Our story editor is Maureen McMurray. Our senior producer is Quina Kim. Our producer is Casey Georgie. Our associate producer is Kyra Asibe Bansu, along with Gabriela Santana. Our executive producer is Lizzie Jacobs. Sasonia Davenport and Tamika Balance Kalazny are our production managers. Theme music and mixing for this show was done by Joanna Catcher of Nice Manners. Additional music comes from APM and additional engineering from Sam Baer. Our fact checker is Natsumi Ajasaka. Special thanks to Krista Ripple, Erica Gaida, Serena Chow, Rachel Choder, Catherine St. Louis, Tom Koenig, Steve Ackerman, Ryan Shepard, and Christopher Brown. You can listen to all of Cover Up the Pill Plot by signing up for the Binge and Apple Podcasts. And we'd love for you to leave a rating and review while you're there, too. Have a question or comment about this week's show? Send me a tweet at TJRafael. Thanks so much for listening. For Sony Music Entertainment, I'm TJ Raphael.